I'm Des. And I'm Jay. And welcome to your weekly dose of Savage Reality. Jay. And welcome to your weekly dose of Savage Reality. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of our podcast, Savage Reality. I'm Destiny Savage. I'm here with my co-host, who's also my little sister, Jalen Savage, and we are lovers of lots of reality television. If it's popular, and sometimes even if it's not, generally one of us, if not both of us, has watched it. But this podcast will primarily be dedicated to breaking down our absolute fave, Vanderpump Rules. So for those of you who don't know what Vanderpump Rules is, it's a spinoff of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills via Lisa Vanderpump, who owns a now slowly declining list of restaurants in Los Angeles. This show specifically follows a group of like 20 and 30-somethings working at the Sex Unique restaurant, otherwise known as Sir. And the thing that makes this show really unique compared to a lot of the other shows that we watch and that are even out there is that this group of staff all had relationships with each other that predated the show. These are people who are real friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, roommates, and also exes. So fast forwarding to where we are now in Vanderpump Rules history, we are on the 10th season of Vanderpump Rules. And this season has been absolute reality television gold. It has given me and Destiny, as well as the rest of the United States, and who knows, maybe even abroad, one of the biggest stories ever. And it is referred to as Scandal. (laughs) So what we've got here, we've got two of our main cast members, Ariana and Tom Sandoval, the two of these people, both of them, they have been in a relationship for almost a decade. And in March of this year, we find out that Sandoval, who is an OG cast member of the show, has been having a seven month, Mm. allegedly. I mean, it could be even longer based on Mm. speculations that we're hearing at this point in time. A seven month affair with a fellow cast member who is also one of the couple's like best friends and we were introduced to her as Raquel but legally her government name is Rachel (laughs) so there's that um and so this is so intense not only because these two have been together for forever but these two are I mean outside of their decade-long relationship they also own a house together I mean in Kentucky they would be considered common law married right isn't that what it's called I think so I think so yeah we're really close yeah and they have a cocktail book together So um, on March 3rd, shit just blew up, hit the fan, and has brought us what has been the greatest moment, unfortunately at Ariana's expense, the greatest moment of reality TV. And as Vanderpump Rules fans, we have witnessed a lot. We've seen a lot of different scandals that have popped up. There, generally speaking, has been some kind of like huge scandal pretty much every single season of the show. 
but this has been one of the worst by far. Um, and like Jalen mentioned, we acknowledge that like, even though this is entertaining to us, that this is also like a group of people's real life. And so when you think about that, it really does bring you back to reality. But at the same time, they gave it to us to watch. So we're going to watch it and we're going to enjoy it. And we're going to like pick it apart and talk about it. And it's really funny because Jayla and I have been seeing Vanderpump Rules praises literally since this show premiered all the way back in 2013. And we've always been people who've been like, you've got to watch it. We're advocating hardcore for them to have fans because like we said before, even though a lot of this stuff may be like somewhat produced, these people would be having drama regardless of whether or not the show is in the picture. But again, because it is, we get to watch it. And also now that we're here in Scandaval times, all of our friends and people we work with even are like, what is going on? Like, why is this such a big deal? Why is this on CNN? Why is this in the New York Times? Like, why is Ariana getting all of the sponsored content? Literally, she is popping up everywhere, which like, yay for her. But it's really hard to explain why this is so huge in like a five minute conversation. And to really understand it and feel it the way that we feel it, you have to go all the way back back to the beginning as Hillary Duff would say and so that's what we're here to do we're here to break this down for you from season one yeah so before we get into breaking the show down episode by episode we want to first give you a little bit of background about what brought us to reality tv initially um so I would say our our love for reality TV is different, even though, you know, we grew up in the same household and primarily watched mostly the same shows. Um, but just our viewpoints on reality TV are a little different. Um, so for me personally, I think when, when I first really started getting into, rea- well, not reality TV shows, but first started getting into TV shows where I was like tuning in week to week to watch something, it was soap operas with my mom. <laughs> um, all my children. Mm-hmm. I was more of a one life to live girly and then they canceled I, it so I one life to live, though but see I feel like once they canceled one life to live they started having characters from one life to live go to yeah. all my children and I was like see that's not it that's not it yeah. I could but I could never get into general hospital which was hey, a people's I favorite I couldn't that. do it yeah yeah, I couldn't do it. So I feel like that was my first really exposure of like week to week being excited about seeing a TV show. But once That's I because they also had SoapNet too. You remember that channel, SoapNet? Yeah. That had? That's yeah. why it was so easy because like obviously we were in school, we couldn't watch soap operas in the middle of the day. Right. But me and mom would watch them in. So we were on different. So you must have been going to school before me at this time because I feel like me and mom would watch them as I was getting ready for school. But I don't remember you being there probably wasn't I don't know weird anyway um so but once I shifted from soap operas and then really got into like reality tv I feel like my first reality tv shows or some of the first ones that I watched and thoroughly enjoyed were The Simple Life with Paris and Nicole that shit was fucking hilarious obviously as I reflect on it now I feel like Simple Life was really scripted and I think Paris even talked about that in some interview or something that she gave um but still the concept it was great yeah um another fan favorite and this might I mean this might make me public enemy number one but I do (laughs) love the Kardashians it's Ah. a great relationship with the Kardashians but I have been watching the Kardashians since the inception Mm -hmm. of the Kardashians I remember what all of them looked like before plastic surgery which 
considering the amount of time that they've been on TV is, is kind of like a hard concept because some people who probably just jump into the more recent seasons probably think this is what these people look like naturally. And I'm like, we're wanting that way, 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 way back. <laughs> just look at a before and after of Kylie Jenner. Gosh, nothing's real. Nine day, nine day. <laughs> and then, you know, some other reality TV shows. We watched a lot of like um, the, the love competition shows like Flavor of Love, uh, Rock of Love. One of my all time favorites, not a competition show, Bad Girls Club. Mm. Can't beat Bad Girls Club. Um, and so I'll say for me, what makes my perspective about reality TV a little bit de- different from Destiny is that I, even to this day, even when I was younger, I feel like I might have engaged in watching reality TV where there was a black cast, but not really. And as I've grown into adulthood and being a black woman and like living in America where we get shitted on on a regular basis, mm-hmm. I just don't think we need help getting shitted on. <laughs> I don't think we need the negative press. So I don't like to watch black reality TV shows as an adult. Not to say that I haven't. I've watched the Love and Hip Hops and the uh, Real Housewives. I tried Married to Medicine, but I just, when I see us acting re- like how white people act on reality TV, it makes me cringe. When I see white people do it, it makes me laugh. So <laughs> that is my take on reality TV and what got me here to this point. And I would say, unlike Jalen, but like she mentioned, I am an equal opportunity enjoyer. Like I will laugh at everybody's foolishness. I don't care who you are, what you look like. Also, because I do want to support the black shows that I enjoy because I want to make sure that we do as much as possible to help continue giving them a platform. So when I think back to like a Real Housewives of Atlanta that like paved the way for Real Housewives of Potomac and then a Summer House Brothers Vineyard now, like all of this stuff that exists because of where we started in black reality tv primarily and even thinking about someone like carlos king who i love and if you don't know who he is you should um and you can't call yourself a true reality tv fan if you don't him and i would say um mona scott young you just well we know mona scott who's the first person you said carlos king okay so he was carlos carlos He, black man, he owns his own, I think, production company now. He has a bunch of shows on OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network. Um, So he does the Love and Marriage show. So Love and Marriage Huntsville, now Love and Marriage DC. He was a primary producer on the Real Housewives of Atlanta early seasons, but also the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Like, he was really in the mess when the mess was starting with Danielle and Caroline, all the people. Anyway, I say all that to say, he is amazing. He also has a podcast. Y'all should check it out because it's great. But I enjoy the mess from everybody. And so when I think about when I started watching reality TV, I think the first show that I really remember is The Bachelor and seeing that, again, kind of like competitive relationship dating situation. But I think the first show that I really related to was Laguna Beach. And I think that's because it premiered when I was a freshman in high school and there were these kids living in Orange County just having a wildly different high school experience than what I had. And I was like, wow, is this what it's supposed to be like? I have no freaking clue, but I love it. And I'm, again, going to enjoy watching it. And so I think from there following 
you know, Lauren after that show to the Hills and even the spinoff of the city with Whitney, which wasn't that great, but I still watched it. Like MTV, I think really helped me kind of like stay in the reality TV sphere more so because I also watched like my super sweet 16. And there are so many people who were on that show that a lot of people don't know, like Tiana Taylor, for example. Um, and then I also watched Taking the Stage, which is probably like a lesser known MTV reality show, but I absolutely loved it. It was about a performing arts high school in Cincinnati. And that was Nick Lachey. I think his like first foray into television pre-Love is Blind. Yeah, because he like went to this school and then he, I think, I think he produced it. And I think he was maybe on, he was on at least one episode, if not a couple. But yeah, so it was great. It was really, before really. Before Love is Bind and, wait, was this before or after? What was that show with him and Jessica Simpson? Oh my gosh, <laughs> Newlyweds. Yes, I forgot about that. That shit was hilarious. And so between like MTV and VH1, like I was covered in terms of reality TV. And then we got Bravo. And then I feel like Bravo really like took over, especially when I went to college, because I don't think that we had Bravo at home on our TV, but we definitely had it in the dorm. And so I watched it religiously, like any and everything on it. Tabitha's like, you know, salon takeover show. The only thing I really didn't watch was the cooking shows, but like, whatever, that's neither here nor there. Either way. I am very pro reality TV and I have a lot of people who are also like, well, is it real or not? And I'm like, I don't really care. Cares. I'm entertained. If I'm entertained, I feel good. Cause what I will tell you is if you have a scripted show that sucks, that was all up to the writers and people like they could come up with anything and everything. And it still sucked. If reality TV sucks, it's kind of like, well, maybe there just wasn't as much going on in their lives during that time. And like, you know, there can always be like a rebound. Right. that's why it's my favorite genre of television up to this day. And that's primarily what I watch at this point in my life. And so as you may have been able to tell when we were younger, we just generally had some different tastes. Like we watched some of the same stuff, but not as much, even though we did share a room for a lot of our childhood. Um, but now that we've gotten older, we have really started to morph into like very, very similar people, which is really kind of scary considering like, we haven't even lived together since, like, I don't even know, like, mm-hmm. basically, I think since I went to college. So, yeah. probably like 2008 ish. Yeah, yeah. Which is wild to think of, but you know, whatever. The joys of adulthood. But as we have now, like, started to like have converged interests, Vanderpump Rules is the show that we both constantly watch and always like talk about. And so we will either send voice memos to each other, or we'll maybe have a call just like we're doing now to really just break it down because we get really, really heated and in, into it. <laughs> and so when it debuted in January of 2013, we both, I think, instantly knew that like this was going to be the Bravo show. And it was really, I would say kind of like monumental at the time, because especially on Bravo, we were only seeing people that were kind of at like a peak. Like there was a lot of wealth. There was a lot of people just like living a really extravagant lifestyle. Like that was the whole basis of the Real Housewives franchise. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing with like any show, even that was about kids. Like I think back to like NYC prep, that was all about high school kids in this New York city prep school or like a show like gallery girls were like, they all were quote unquote, trying to make it in New York. They all had all these freaking trust funds and things that like 
Mm-hmm. You really that's, didn't have to like do anything to make that's money. That's a really good point. That I feel like that's also similar for Southern Charm. Like even though it was a younger ish cast, I mean, yeah, younger cast. They and they were trying to quote unquote make it in life. Well, outside of Craig, the rest of them had a safety net, right? I would say not Cameron. Granted, okay, yeah, not Cameron, not Cameron. But she, she was, you know, she had been on the real world before. She right. was fine. And she, she had a wealthy husband. Her. Exactly. So, like, she didn't need to work. She wanted to work because she was bored. Exactly. So, yeah, that's a really good point. That's a good point. Exactly. Like, so, struggling in the beginning. Literally. And when you <laughs> are watching, you will see they lived in shit apartments. They could barely make rent. They could sometimes mm-hmm. not pay their bills. Like, there's even this funny scene where we're in Tom and Ariana's apartment and he, I think, goes to, like, turn on the microwave. And then the air conditioning goes out and blows the fuse because that is how old the apartment that they live in is. They're terribly decorated. And, like, you really felt, like, the the scrappiness. Like, these are people who were, like, I'm working this job at this restaurant to make a living. Like, this is not what I want to do in my life. I want to be an actor. I want to be, at the time, a music producer. I want to be a pop star. You know, all this stuff. And so it was really easy to get invested just because it felt more relatable to who we were as people at that point in time. Because again, the aspirational reality TV is awesome and it's really fun. But at the same time, when you want to see people who you can kind of relate to, this was the show that really helped do that for us. Even though again, at the time, neither of us had lived in California. Now Jalen has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, we worked at a restaurant, but we weren't waiters or waitresses or hosts. Like we just worked at a Panera. So it was just, it was a little bit different for us. Yeah. And so in coming and bringing you all this podcast about Vanderpump Rules and breaking it down episode by episode, we're not only doing that, but we're also wanting to bring in something different by experiencing these episodes through the black perspective. So as I mentioned, when I was discussing like my take on reality TV and like how I kind of, I mean, not kind of, I do stay away from watching reality TV that has a black cast. Um, I just, we just don't, in my mind, we don't have the privilege of acting idiots on national television and people just being like, oh, you know, it's reality television. When white people see black people acting <laughs> the way white people act on television, it's it, it it hits so much deeper. It's like, okay, culturally, this is how black people act, you know? So for me, um, and you know, for Destiny as well, like there just so there are so many moments throughout the show where we experience the immense amount of white privilege that the cast members hold, you know, and just being and living in white America. And I will even say in being on a television show, I don't even know if some of the things that they say and do, if these were black cast members, if they would have been recasted for another season. (laughs) And so those are the things, in addition to just like the awesomeness that is Vanderpump Rules, those are the things that we also want to break down and address in our week to week um, breakdown of the show. And so, you know, when Destiny and I, like she said, we'll get on the phone after we watch Vanderpump Rules or in our group text message with our mom, because we send these audio messages like, what the fuck? Can you believe that this just happened? And a lot of the times outside of me, Destiny and our mom, who kind of only watches the show when either one of us is around. We we can really only have those conversations with each other primarily or with our friends who are white. 
And even though we only have those conversations or we we majority of the time have those conversations with our white friends, we know that if there's not already that we can create a community in which other black people and people of color in general can love Vanderpump Rules as much as we do. Um, and so that's what we want to bring to this podcast, just building more of a circle and more of a community and more conversation around Vanderpump Rules, as well as Vanderpump Rules from the Black experience or Black perspective. Exactly. And so we're excited that you're here at the beginning of our journey, and we want to let you all know what you can be expecting from us. So starting next week, we're going to be recapping and reviewing every single episode, starting at season one, episode one. So if you don't have Peacock, the NBC Universal app, go ahead and get it now. It's not very expensive. And I think they even have like an ad supported plan if you want it. I would recommend not doing that because it's just easier to power through. But you know, whatever. Not counting anyone's coins. (laughs) Uh, But go ahead and get Peacock. And they also have so many other things including most of Bravo's back catalog, but would highly recommend go ahead, going ahead and doing that. And then as we mentioned, we love a lot of other reality shows too. So every now and then we get a wild hair or when there's just something crazy that we like really have to talk about, like right now, selling sunset comes to mind. We're going <laughs> to sprinkle in some bonus content about our other fave reality shows. So Siesta Key from a friends who watch that, Love is Blind, The Ultimatum. I might even try to like con her into watching an episode of The Bachelorette because we got a Black Bachelorette coming up. We'll see. I'm for it. See what I'm saying? Now, now. Okay, so let me me backtrack. So I will say that when it comes, okay, so when I say I don't watch reality TV with predominantly Black casts, it's more like the, like, the ones that show us when we're acting real ratchet and real ghetto. Not to say that The Bachelor or Bachelorette is like a higher level of reality television than those shows. But more often than not, we're not looking as ignorant on those type of shows. So on that type of show where historically there has only been a white bachelor or a white bachelorette, like I think I used to watch that show when I was younger and then I stopped watching it. And then when Rachel came on, I was like, I'm watching it. I'm supporting her. We love Rachel Lindsay. We love Rachel. Here. We stand for Rachel, period. So in, in this situation, I will most definitely tune in to another Black Bachelor or Bachelorette whenever the time comes. June yeah. 26th, I believe, right after your birthday. Yeah, my birthday. Um, and it's Charity. She's a super sweet Southern girl from, I think, Alabama, Georgia, one of those two states. Either way it goes. She's great. Her brother's great. Her family's great. Everyone involved is great. So I'm hopeful that she has a good season and she finds love because we know that that is not always the name of the game on that show. Um, But we hope that we've piqued your interest enough and that you subscribe to our podcast. And in the meantime, you can find us at Savage Reality Podcast on Instagram. And if you have any questions, email us at realityforsavages at gmail.com, reality four is in the number four savages at gmail.com. So stay tuned and we'll see you next week. Bye sister. Adios.